Look at Talk. New episode starts now. Welcome one. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Look at Talk podcast. If you're listening to this, this is my birthday gift to y'all. My grandfather, um, when I was growing up, he said, whenever it was somebody's birthday, he'd always ask, what you get me for your birthday? And I was like, I didn't really get it at the time, but now I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to give y'all a gift. This is a bonus episode. Joining me today on this bonus episode, podcast now Seattle by way of Houston, Texas. This man does it for the culture. He's the host of the Everything Culture podcast. You heard me on his season finale. It's Mr. D713. What's up, Drake? How you doing, man? What's happening, man? Appreciate you having me on, man. And happy early birthday, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm blessed to see another year of life. You know what I'm saying? So, because, you know, a lot of us brothers, and we ain't even making it to our um, mid-30s. Oh, yeah, man. It's a it's a great thing to have. You know, every day is something we can appreciate, especially, and we got to celebrate it. You know, we got to give us something. We should, you know, hold it high. Yes. I'm going to hold it high. If you listen to this, take a couple birthday shots for me, you know what I'm saying? Pull up a couple of shots, you know what I'm saying? We're going to turn up. I know it's Sag season. I know everybody hates on Sages, but hey, we here. And not all of us are the same. <laughs> What's say, do we? Yeah, let me go ahead and pour one. This is look of talking, <laughs> you know, this how you know, little this, little that. Yeah, wood yeah. reserve, woods for reserve. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm on a little hint right now, you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. got turned up because it is birthday, you know, and kicking off on the holiday season. You know, I probably have the worst birthday because it's smack dab in the holiday season because everybody probably broke and then got it because they're too busy to take care of all the children and stuff, so. And then when you want to do things with people, they ain't got it either. I'm like, God damn. Hey, you still need to celebrate you, man, at the end of the day. So, hey, cheers. Happy B-Day, man. You know, got to do that eye contact and we get it. Yes. Cheers. All right, let's pop. Let's get into it. Talk to me about, ooh, <laughs> shot hit home, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, got, got you right now. So tell me, tell me a little about your podcast, Everything Culture. So Everything Culture, we've been rolling since February 2019. Um, started with me and my partner, G-Jack, you know, which I may know him by season one. He, he and I have been friends since Head Start. So... <sighs> I'm 35, so 31 years we've been friends, you know, and grew up down the street from each other, about three, four, two, three houses from each other, and but we grew up very differently, you know. He has two parent home, older. He was the baby of the household, older siblings, things of that nature. I grew up and uh, raised by my grandparents, my mother. You know, my parents was um, separated or divorced. Then I was raised by my auntie later on in life, but. That's some of our upbringing, but we used to, we both moved to Houston, Texas, and we had conversations every day before we went to our jobs, you know, so we worked different places. I worked in, you know, the child welfare realm. He was in the, you know, building homes, and we would have different conversations, which you, you can consider arguments some mornings about different topics, you know, from minimum wage being raised to um, abortion, custody battles, all this type of stuff. And one that really we kept going back and forth on was Kaepernick taking that knee. You know, we had two different opinions about that. Both of us being black men, but two different opinions. 
And he said one morning he was like, man, we need to do a podcast because we always going back. This is a good conversation. I didn't know what a podcast was, but I said, you know, tell me about it. He broke it down to me. It's like a radio show, but you can listen to it anytime. So I'm like, okay, you know, let's see. And this was 2018, December. And it was like, hey, whatever I put my hands on going forward in my life, I want to stick with it. I don't want to just be like, you know, I wouldn't say no half stepping. And we started up, brought my other partner on. We got some Yeti microphones and uh, went to Best Buy. We, uh, he, we used his MacBook and we just made it happen. And I started writing up a mission statement. And in the work that I've done as a caseworker and as a recruiter and a trainer was, you know, culture diversity work. So I'm heavy in my background in culture diversity or what we call now diversity, equity, inclusion and accessibility. I'm going to throw that out there, too. So I would, you know, research Dr. Martin King Jr. and some of his speeches and some of his um, activities outside of just a uh, I have a dream speech. You feel me? And he had this one speech that he had at Cornell College in 1969, if I'm not mistaken. And that was, um, he believed that men hate each other because they fear each other. They fear each other because they don't know each other and they don't know each other because of segregation. And because of segregation, they have miscommunication. And I was like, damn, that's real. Damn bars. And the work that I've done as a caseworker talking to families, talking to children, relatives, you know, whatever the case may be. I was like, that, that's, it, it's so unique because we all have our different perspectives. And the best way I learned by being a successful um, social worker was to actually let people explain and talk about themselves, you know, and it, let me get an understanding where you're coming from, you know, how did we get here? So I applied that um, to my work that I do outside of my, my, I, I apply my work to my life and I apply to this podcast. So our mission statement is that, but our pillars are respect, communication, and consistency. We have to respect each other. We should communicate with each other effectively with no noise being involved. And, and, they, and they all go inside with one another too. And we have to be consistent within those things. We have to stay engaged within those, that communication and that respect. So being consistent with that, checking in with your people, making sure, hey, are we still in a good way? That is a really a way I believe that all relationships can be, we should sustain our relationships um, is for respect, communication, consistency. So I bring different people on my show. We have an intimate conversation about their childhood upbringing, where they come from, the thought process, you know, why do you do what you do perhaps possibly in life? And then we follow up and we have different topics on a, and we have, I bring a panel of people on and we'll talk about anything from relationships, um, probably not, not some, well, a certain type of relationships or, and we'll talk about hair. We'll talk about beauty. We'll talk about, um, fashion. We'll talk about, let's see, going to a black barbershop. We'll talk about health, you know, being a black man and taking care of your not only your physical, but your emotional well-being. We'll talk about, we just did one with you on. Thank you for coming on. We talked about yes, yes. We talk about holidays. You know, why do we celebrate these holidays? What do these holidays mean to us? What do we look forward to these holidays? And getting a different perspective from everyone in a respectful platform and where everybody's have the opportunity to speak is so essential. So 
that's what I love what I do. Like if I could retire and just do this for the rest of my life, I absolutely would. No, no, I don't want to retire. I want to, if this could be my full career, this is what I can do for the rest of my life. That's how much I appreciate this podcast. And then it's more than just podcasting me. It's that the, the relationships I build with people. Hell yeah, I definitely agree with that. I would definitely retire in a heartbeat and still do podcasts because it's like, damn, now I'm through podcasts, you're making connections. Now I'm like, damn, so if I visit your city, I got somebody to kick it with, you know what I'm saying? And oh, based yeah. off the last episode we did, which um, which yours truly was on, I was like, God damn, if he ever goes to Houston for Thanksgiving, I need to get me a plate because a lot of that food y'all were talking about, I'm like, God damn, I didn't realize maybe Maybe the reason we don't like it so much is because it wasn't made with love. And that's the biggest thing I got from that. I said, wow, that was epic. So hey. I definitely appreciate that. Brother, my aunties listened to that episode and they like they loved it. You know, they laughed, my family, and they're like, even though, and we talked about some serious topics that and they made them reflect. That's once again, my the conversations that I hold, that's why we use some of the monikers is the this is a podcast with a purpose. And I believe yours is the same as well. Because if we're having these conversations and we're not making progress, why are we having these conversations? So exactly. like when I when I have people that have been on my show or listen to my show and it made them think about it or made them consider like, okay, I'm thinking about it differently. You know, that's a beautiful thing that I say is that that's that impact. And I hopefully it's, it's, a, it's something of growth and love and something positive as well. But man, whenever like you come down to the H, bro, and when they come down, please, we will take care of you, man. Please. You're like, you, it's a reason why we stay the size we are in t- like what Texas or Houston been a number one. What, number, what It's not number one anymore, but it's always in the top three of the heaviest cities in America. <laughs> like, <laughs> busted, man. Man, all them food restaurants and stuff. But how did you get adjusted to being in Seattle from living in Texas? How did you do it? I'm a Justine. I haven't adjusted. I'm a Justine. <laughs> like, and I'm how because that's like a polar opposite. Because you know, Houston and Seattle are just totally different. And I ain't never been to Seattle, but I've I've heard stories and I've heard things about how it never really it always rains and how that how some of the highest suicide rates is in the state of Washington. So I've heard those kind of things. So one thing I will say, um, the weather don't let don't let them fool you about the weather. Now we are in our rainy season right now. So like from October to probably January, it's gonna be cold, it's gonna be rainy, it's gonna be a little cloudy here and there, but yeah, it ain't nothing to stress about too much. It's, it's the rain is not as bad as it is in the south. Like they don't have hurricanes like in Florida and Texas. Okay, they don't have tornadoes up here. They don't have flash floods as much as we do. They have flash floods like in other areas, like in the mountains and stuff, or like in the country. But nah, don't don't, don't let them trick you with that. Okay, because all the other seasons are beautiful. I mean, gorgeous from the spring to the summer to the fall you see the seasons change you see the leaves turn different colors you see the mountains in the background it make a brother want to write poetry man you know it's very pretty up here it is but like it being from texas you see everything's just flat you know most of texas you you can see everything you want to see like right in front of you like the building that you're going to that's 40 miles out the way you can see it but it's hilly up here. It's like you, but when you drive and I'm at, you know, I'm going to work and I see 
you know, um, Mount Rainier, and you like see the snow caps on the mountains. I'm like, man, and then you see just the sun beaming off that. Then, like, if it's in the spring, you see the cherry blossoms, and it's like, it's not just like one or two trees, it's like a whole neighborhood, just pink um, petals everywhere. It, it's different. So, as far as the agriculture and the you know landscaping it's a whole different experience now up here the people are different i will say that i i learned it was that house that southern hospitality thing is real even though some people consider southern hospitality a little passive aggressive in its own way and i won't argue that but it's nowhere near as passive aggressive of things up here and i'm very out front direct i am a texan like uh it's that's my culture once again everything culture for the reason i am a southerner and it's one thing i take pride in but i also see being up here like being from texas especially during this whole pandemic yeah we we kind of be tripping on some stuff man and i'm like i can you can it's so much you can offend when you see other states and other places are like obliging by things and just Texas and that's how we were raised we do what we want to do when we want to yeah. do it and because I do what I want that's kind of what we have yeah that's the same way in Florida it's oh trust me because Texas Florida Georgia up here in Washington they looking at everybody like oh they crazy because they, we still masked up up here uh where my uh I keep my vaccination card in my back pocket like <laughs> <laughs> back pocket no lie um you had to show that the places they even go in restaurants and i i I think yeah i said it all the episode we did together uh well the most recent episode we did together and when i went to go visit texas for my birthday in july i was like damn we really don't be wearing masks down here it's not just my people i see online on ig and stuff like we it feel like we but i'm compared to being in washington it's like in a different world it is it really is because the South just don't give a fuck. You said it. It's like the South don't care. We'll do whatever the hell we want to do. And it's crazy. So it's like, so what's your biggest advice to people who, who want to go to Seattle and like get your money up? <laughs> well, <laughs> give it a buck. Get your man. It's expensive up here, man. That's like uh, uh oh, and don't be addicted to anything, man, because it's a lot of it's they treat substance abuse different up here. Like the homeless level is extremely high. I think this is the uh, number two or number three um, city with the highest homeless rate. Uh, I had to say homeless people without people without house. It's very liberal too, and I think it's neat. I think Texas need. I think both need a little bit of each other. You know, learning how to be a little bit more softer and learning how to be a little bit more defined and structured as well. Mm-hmm. But, it, it, they give people major resources up here like but i think some of those resources may be enabling as well but texas don't give people enough resources and i think that'd be a little bit damning as well so but after all it's expensive up here like expensive gas about to be five dollars a gallon i'm surprised they ain't five dollars already because I, I look at these gas prices in florida my like, goddamn we about to hit four dollars so no, we're we're like gas up here is like 440 how the hell do y'all function? Do y'all just like, my goodness. But they pay, man, let me tell y'all something. Since it was announced, since we're pushing it, let's say, well, my organization, like I would a nonprofit, shout out to my nonprofit. I ain't give you, I ain't gonna put your name out here because I'm be cussing and stuff. But we just start working with a living wage. 
Okay. And being from the South, you we may not even know what a living wage is. What is the what is even a living wage? You know, it's 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 what it sounds like. You have that minimum wage. That minimum wage is supposed to represent what you're supposed to get to be just at poverty. You know, you're not you're not in poverty, you're not in extreme poverty, but you you're you right there, you're at the cusp of it. Okay. So the minimum wage in Seattle, in the city of Seattle, if you have over 500 employees, is 1525. Okay. I think that's the amount. All right. Could be from Texas. What's Texas? Texas, I don't know what Florida is, but Texas is still like seven dollars or something. All right. Yeah, Florida's still like at 770. Oh, but the cost is live the cost of living in, in the south is much different from up here. All right. But the thing is, my job is like, you know, we're going to pay everybody 17, at least everybody get paid the list. No, the, the position to get paid the least is $17.50. All right. Today, me being part of, we've been rolling, we've been talking about it for the past two months, though, with my, I'm on, I'm in HR. So I, I was talking about it and I was like, man, I remember how I talking. I said, man, this is the number we need to hit. If we want to really represent all the statistics, we're talking about single, you know, people that are living by themselves, people with married, two incomes, talking about with people that may have children, single parents. And I said, I looked at a single parent with two kids to sustain themselves. And I know some single parents with two kids that work with me. And I said, that should be, they should get paid no less than $23 an hour. So that was my number. I said $23 an hour is what we need to be our living wage man they back though the living wage that means the least amount of anybody at my job we get paid is 26 dollars an hour so we roll that, that out wonderful so that means like the custodian the anybody warehouse drivers everybody's going to get paid 26 dollars and up that is that wonderful right there man the mop floors you 26 hours what but like i said i know that costs a living inside though but i, I do understand that yeah. But ladies and gentlemen, this is Look and Talk, the more you drink, the better we sound. This is the birthday episode. We're gonna talk, we talk chopped up Mr. Drake some more. So tell me, man, what have you learned about yourself through this whole journey or your podcast journey? Man, a numerous amount of things. Well, like, like, do you want to hear the cons? Do you want to hear the pros? Do you want to hear the, the good as negative first? Let's hear know? it all. Shit, wherever you uh, want to begin. Um, I'll I start with the good stuff, you know. It's, uh, I'm gonna treat it like a work email. You get them with the good stuff first, you hit it with the bad stuff. So, first of all, I learned so many different things as far as technology. I learned so many different people, backgrounds, traditions, social norms. Um, I made changes in people's lives. I've seen people that come off and like, well, black people do this. Well, black Americans, they think like this, they think like that and able to actually sustain a conversation with people and they actually come back and like I had no idea. I didn't even know who Malcolm X really was. I didn't even know about these other speeches that they didn't even know the impact Martin Luther King actually did. They didn't know he was murdered by the the the, the you not you know our government. They didn't know he was even in jail before. Um so I was able to educate a plethora of individuals. I've had people that message me out the blue that that see a post I've done a year ago about Famous Amos didn't know that Marvin Gaye gave him his first loan and all the other things, how black people have unity with one another. I've had a monk from um, a Theravada monk that have a conversation with them and that was came back into civilization again. I've been to temples and sat down and paid respects. 
Um, I've had, I mean, the amount of conversations, and I feel like I'm, I'm still like people, and people pay me a lot of respect, believe it or not, in podcasting, but I still feel like I'm like, I'm a baby in this. I haven't, I, I don't feel like I haven't touched the, the, anything close to the greatness that is going to come from this. Shit, but, me either, dog. We right here together. I feel but, it is that's why I said a positive. Like I'm, I've learned how to edit. I produced an audible book for someone else. You know, I uh, um, it's, it's a lot of things that I've been able to be a part of that I would never imagine I even wanted to be a part of before doing this. You know, so that's a lot of the pros. Is the the impact that I'm having on my family and my in overall society from just little old me to you know just. The acknowledge that I'm receiving myself. So it, it goes both ways. And some of the hard, you know, some of the negative, like I'm learning, I'm like, man, everybody that you think is going to support you, is not going to support you. You know, Hello. you know, everybody, you know, I was, it's been kind of like, it's a learning moment, but it's like, dang, you know, this is something that I take pride in. I take support. Um, it takes support. And some of the biggest supporters are the people I don't even know, you know, so oh, true. That, that and that, that was a hard pill to swallow. Um, it's expensive at times. It, it started, but anything you start out and you have a passion about, it's gonna cost you, but it will come in full return. And it's it's continued to bring me and it's 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 daunting at times, like editing an episode, like oh my god, you wanna just it, it's like you love it, but man, you don't have time for it, but you got to make time for it because once you're in it, you realize how much time it's not just a quick, let me do this, let me do that because, you know, I'm a big quality over a quantity top person. Um, but yeah, I would say that's some of the good and the bad of this is, you know, it, it's it's a lot, it's growing pains. That's what I look at. It's, it's, it's absolutely growing pain. Yes, it is growing pains no matter how many years you've been in it. It is just so many growing pains, even levels you don't even know that you knew existence, like, oh my goodness, it's a lot, you know. You think you doing something, you talk to somebody stay like six or seven years in the game. I'm like, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. it's a lot. But you know what I'm saying? We just gotta keep going. So, what made you keep going despite the dark moments of podcasting? It was it's the good, it's the positive um connections I'm making, you know. That's what making. Give me, can you give me one second, a quick break? Yeah. One more. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Look and Talk. The more you drink, the better we sound. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to appreciate everybody. You know what I'm saying? I want to thank everybody for showing love for the birthday episode. You know what I'm saying? One, <clears throat> good, good. want to thank everybody for showing love for the birthday episode. You know you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Mr. Everything Culture. I do want to shout out everybody you know, for hitting play on this. You know, it means a lot to me that we hit and play. We're showing love. We're doing the damn thing. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Look at Talk. Um, hope y'all got nothing, got y'all refreshing y'all drinks and stuff. Now we're gonna continue with Mr. Drake. So tell me, Mr. Drake, when we when we left off, we were at the point of what keeps you going in podcasting. Once again, the the positive, the good, you know, that's making this impact. It, it's more than just podcasting because that's what I say. It's the Everything Culture podcast, but Everything Culture is a whole brand within itself. You know, it's you know being part of the community, making changes in people's lives. I hopefully I'll be like Nino, and well, don't be like Nino, be better than mm-hmm. Nino Brown, and actually like give out turkeys. You know, I want to make sure 
this is life changing. So when I talk about and it's it's really DEI education. I want to educate people as much as possible. You know, if I have to, and, and a lot of people, it's like giving people a book. You tell people to read something, they probably ain't gonna read it. You know, just get, if we're gonna keep it honest, not the masses, not the people that may really need it. But once you can, if I can mask a little bit of like, you know, hey, ha ha, this is funny. You know, toss a little, you know, show the carrot in front of them, you know, some put some sugar around it. Then, hey, oh, look, did you know that this happened like this in life? You know, you know, did you know the history of um, what did I talk about today? I was learning about the history of why do we have front yards? Wait, what? There's a history behind that? It's a history behind everything. Nothing that we do here in this world, it, it, everything has a reason behind it. So, you know, I, once again, I, I'm big on child welfare, hunger insecurity, um, you know, refrain from, you know, human trafficking, all those type of things. But, you know, when it comes to hunger insecurity, not like nobody, really nobody in this world, but especially nobody on this continent should be going hungry. Nobody. Everybody should be eating well. All right. So, but the thing with having a front yard is and you realize you can't have a lot of like you can't have like a garden in your front yard anymore you're not supposed to have trees that can bear fruit because having a front yard is supposed to represent how much land do you own without having food on there so it started by you know having like castles you know extremely wealthy people with huge castles and things and you would have no trees anything on your front of your land because you can see your enemy come, your enemy can't hide. And you used to have cows and cattle that keep the grass low so they can't hide in the tall grass. But people that was not so wealthy, you know, the, the wealthy, but not the extreme wealthy, started doing the same thing just to mock, you know, their status. And they, instead of having cattle and thing, because they didn't have enough to have cattle, they have like a all right front yard. That would get people to come and cut their grass to keep it low. And that's where um, yard trimming and yard grooming come from. So, and that's all just to show how much land do you have without fruit bearing crops or food bearing crops on there? Wow. I never knew that. We dropping dimes on look at how we learn things tonight, y'all. That yeah. is real. Heard that's so real. Man. I never really thought about that. I'm like, damn, because our mamas had us in the front yard mowing and shit. And now we now this is the reason. But the thing is, but you know that that white picket fence, you know, front yard, that's that American dream to have. Everybody had that sense of wealth and ownership, but we didn't know. But at the same time, I say with many, I don't know about people from the South and everybody we know and understood that, but we always I remember saying I wanted to grow a garden. My wife and I always said we want to have a garden. And where we live right now, we don't have any type of front or backyard here in Seattle because we're in the city, but we do have a community garden walking distance from where we're at. So, but we're in a very expensive neighborhood. So that's something we've had a guest on Everything Culture before, building gardens in Black communities in Houston, you know, um, but BUF Texas, BUFTX, you know, can't think of the brother's name right now, but we have to start building, we have to start making our own. Instead of relying on so many other people, make your own. That's why, once again, everything culture was created because not only that me and my boy would have these conversations, nobody was having the conversations like we were having to the extent. It, it, it always had some type of drama behind it. always had something like that. 
So I was like, man, let's have these conversations. But at the end of the day, let's make sure we're educating them as well. That's so real. We definitely got to educate the masters. And I hope everybody gets something from podcasting and stuff. So ladies and gentlemen, this is Look and Talk. The more you drink, the better we sound. So go ahead, pull up that look if you haven't done so already. Let's talk about, yeah, as you want to know, we done hit December. And that means 2021 is coming to an end. So where do you think we're at with the culture right now? What are, you, what are your thoughts of where the culture is going into 2022? If you're talking about, like, it's so many different cultures, you know. Well, let's you know, stick with us. Uh, let's just culture. talk about black culture for right now because it's us. We got two black men talking. We're going to talk about the black American descendant of slave culture, okay? Let's touch on that. You know, the African-Americans, what they may call us, the Negro, they may call us, things of that nature. Man, so I, I, I said this on my show on the makers of Mr. D713. But I still say we're searching. I think actually the culture that we have right now is the same thing we had in 1970s. The early 1960s or the late 1960s going into about to the mid 1970s. I, last year I was doing a lot of research and I was like, over all the decades, the 70s, man. You know, we had, I was, if you're anybody that's hearing my voice right now, make sure. If you find a time, go check out the documentary called Watts Stacks, W-A-T-T-S-T-A-X, all right? It was Man, like- that city in California by Los Angeles, Watts? It's Watts, correct. And it used to be a record company by the name of Stacks. It was like, if you look it up, a lot of known artists come from Stacks Records, okay? S-T-A-X-X. And they had a basically a black Lollapalooza, okay? Like a black Woodstock. And they had, and it, it was, man, you watch, it looked lit. I, somebody tried to show another one they tried to do after Watch Stacks, but it came from Watch Stacks. It was like, they try to do, you know, we never can come fully together. It's somebody else goes, I don't get along with them over there, so I need to do it too. So, and that was, I think Quest Love did a documentary about that one on Hulu, if I'm not mistaken. I think I watched but, it. It was a good one. I'm like, wow. Watch I'm watch like, Stacks. that was so real. I'm like, goddamn. I would just love to be in that time have my afro be hot as hell enjoying the real music not this mess that they be playing today let's be honest but it's 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 that it's what we have today it's the culture we have today that's true because i agree with you because i think some of the realest music came from the 70s and 80s and everything a lot of things we have now is just redone it's just being rehashed and everything i used to say i used if i could be a, a person in the studio just when they drop you know, pop, when Papa was a Rolling Stone, when he was in there making that that um that riff to the beat, the intro, ugh, nasty. Yeah. But why stacks? It was once again a huge concert and black people. And you know, it wasn't white people there, but it was mainly black people, black beauty, the way the the um the our fashion, the bell bottoms, the afros, the 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 excellence that we you know exude. It, it was all there. And they had conversations that we're still having today. Yes, and it's sir. like the same thing we're talking on podcasts, the same thing we're talking about in the 70s. And I, I'm like, damn, we haven't had any growth. None. Like, you know what like, it is? You know what it is why I feel like we haven't had growth? It's because of money. Money and also power and money are probably the two reasons 
we probably hadn't had growth. It's like we saw the money, we saw power, and we're like we'll do anything to get it. And it was just like a drug, and we just gotta get more of it. And we're like, we'll do anything to get it instead of sticking with each other like the other cultures of people, because you know there are other cultures of people, they stick together better than black people. You don't hear they mess out in the media and stuff. Well, let, let, let me tell you why. Once again, because you you you're, the latter part of what you said, I think that's issue, and I think money is a tool to use to stop from getting it. So I agree, because I think our unity is what was our key that we need. And that's what that was for. Wastack was about unity. And to have these conversations that I, we're trying to, I mean, I, once again, if y'all can watch it, please do. Because it was like Richard Pryor's in it. Oh my God. What was the guy that did the um Van Peebles, the daddy? He was in it. Ooh. Um, he was in it. And it had, you know, then they were interviewing local people about feeling black people. But I remember hearing I was okay, I was listening to while I was in the shower. I was playing on YouTube, but you know, I was still I, I got things to do, we steady moving. And I was playing in the shower and I heard this brother come up there at the beginning, like out there playing the music, he talking about, you know, this event is for rhythm and blues. You know, it didn't say R&B, it was rhythm and blues, soul, um, gospel. And they all had like another type of music, like, you know, maybe Zydeco. It was Zydeco, but it was something else along that way. But, and this brother got up there, and he started like hyping the crowd. He was basically preaching, you know? And he was like, man, he kept saying, you know, we're black people, we come together, we have unity, we have our number, we stop killing each other, we start coming together and protecting our community. We don't want to have, we don't want to take away from our community, we'll put into our community. And he got to remember, no matter what we do, no matter what they try to do to us, we are somebody. He had everybody chanting, we are somebody. Mm-hmm. Everybody, we are, put your fist up, we are somebody. You know what they sound like to me? Black lives matter. Yeah, it does. Black lives matter. When I got out of the shower and I was like, man, this dude is spitting. This was Jesse Jackson talking. And I'm like, Jesse? Now, I grew up, a lot of people talking shit about Jesse Jackson, okay? He was like a kind of a joke in my community. But when I started seeing the impact he had back in the day, I'm like, I see why, you know, I, I see why he was respecting how people kind of put him on the side because he do be saying some wild stuff and, you know, thing, I think he may be dealing with a little burnout things of that nature over his life. Don't know telling what all he's seen, but on that documentary, it's also had talk about black people in our relationships. You know, it was, they were talking about why do black men, they, why, why do black men and women don't want to be together? white black women talking about i'm too some black women say hey i'm strong but i love to have me a black man i kill over a black man um black another black woman say because all these black men want white women black men say what a um, black woman gave me to my mouth and talk too much noise demean me but the same conversations i see dudes crying and talking about today yes same thing i see women going through the day and are they right from that perspective? In their limited access and what they see in life, absolutely. That's their truth. It's not, it's not based on their experience, that's their truth. Is it the truth? No, but that's their truth. Yeah, and I get it. And it's just, it's like, and I hear these same conversations today. And it's like, and I'd be saying to myself, like, you would really go with another race person because one person did, did you wrong. I'm like, instead yep. of reevaluating, the type of people you talk to, you want to mean your own race. I'm like, damn. I'm like, because you know damn well your mom and daddy, if if you have our parents, they might not be so accepting. You feel me? 
And and the thing is, is you could be not so accepting. I, you should be accepting no matter what, in my opinion. But your reason behind it is my question. You know, I I, I want to people. What's your reason behind it? Mm. Is it because you just found you fell in love with someone? That and that's that's the if you fall in love with someone. That's one that hey, that's beautiful to me. But if it's because you hate someone else, that's my thing. If you're going through because you have a poor experience and that's why, and I, I was gonna say, I, I love who you love, man, because you find some people that you like, you know, how did they even get together? My thing is, they love each other, you know, that's not me to judge them. But when people try to shame other, like, I don't shame other relationships, you know, when things, you know, people have. But once again, that's my mindset and things. Yeah. But it is really to that point of the amount of growth we have as a culture. Um, and, and I'll say this, say this, I want to make sure it's been understood. Black Americans, black people that was born here in America, black people that here that their ancestors experienced, sla- experienced slavery or, you know, dealing not only with slavery, but dealing with Jim Crow, dealing with, like, once again, we asked for civil rights. We didn't ask for equal rights. We didn't ask for equity. We just asked for y'all to stop spitting on us. And still, you know, that's like that's like the bare minimal. Once again, minimum wage, living wage. You know, we just got the bare minimal. And still, they don't want to have, give us that. So if you mm-hmm. Black and your, your people came from that, you are the most influential people on this earth. We really are because... And you ever notice, even on social media, like on TikTok, you notice when a black creator comes out with something, here comes another creator of some another descent trying to copy it. I'm like, okay, I would say a white creator. You can say anyone, but I would say directly white. Once yeah. again, we are the most influential people we really on are. this earth. And it's nothing knocking anybody else. It's just stating a fact. It's a statistically proven. We are the most influential people on this earth. And it because we're something different. I'm not, once again, not knocking because we still come from the mother country, the mother of Africa. But we're, we are something that we were stripped of what we knew. And we was created as something new. We are still that, but we are something new as well. And when we have these abilities, like, man, when you look at music, the biggest artists in the world, who are they? Mm-hmm. Black people. When you have the 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 style fashion I look at basquiat you know a lot of stuff that's been big that can't that was stolen from us like and that's the thing now that we're like when you brought up tiktok um i, I spoke about this before and i push it again i appreciated that that um that protest that these kids these young folks people maybe even people my age did not we did not participate in doing these dances because we realized we can go out and make a whole dance a whole routine a whole style and it would be stolen from us and being people we will see directly i would see a black woman get maybe four hundred thousand views on a dance that she made a white girl do it get 40 million took it from didn't even do it as didn't do it as well as she did but that's all that mattered it was the color of the skin it was like what's that movie bring it on yeah seen in real life but but it's money behind that so you know what we gonna stop doing it. We just gonna stop. Here, unity. We need more unity. Of it. We stop. You know, the same thing. We talking about purchasing something. If we have someone, and I'm big on, it, if we have see someone's racist towards us, just like what other communities do, that, that is disrespectful to us, cut them off. 
Yes. And, and, and you'll see the type of benefit. But, you know, because we don't need a lot of these things. That's that trick. That's the trick that shows we need a lot of this. We got to have it. We got to utilize it. But we always go have our, with Stevens from Django, we go have those that just go believe in. And, and, and this is everything culture. People believe that because when I want to talk about other cultures and backgrounds, traditions, that mean like I'm dismissive of black. No, it's always going to be what I represent first. But when we come together and have that understanding, we can have grow. But we do need to learn from other cultures, too. Because I tell, yes, tell we do. you. Yes, we man, do. Because I know. When, um, when last time you talked to a Native American ooh. or indigenous person? Yeah, exactly. What languages you know they speak? Tell me one language that a Native American speaks. Shit, we, that's something we need to learn, y'all. The same way they learn to us, we need to learn them. Because I know Elijah Muhammad said it in the book of um book called Message to the Black Man. He said we got to learn how to make money with these other white folks. You know what I'm saying? We got to learn how they make money. Learn how they flip money as well. It, it, it's so much we can learn. And you, we need to create, it can't, like, democracy. I was talking, talking to... Um, she was a certain subsect of Cherokee. Um, this was a couple of years ago. And that's when really, no, this is before I started doing the podcast. You know, right before I started doing the podcast, maybe a month before it. And the way she was speaking, she was angry. And she said, how in the hell that, and when she said, wasn't talking directly to us, you know, black people, but she was talking about colonizers, white people, that y'all have, look, this whole land used to be filled with my people. This whole land. There were hundreds, if not thousands, of different languages spoken on this land. You come over here and you tell us, this is face-to-face conversation with this woman, you know? She's come over and you tell us that you, you gave us democracy. And she asked the people, she asked this white man, like, so what is a chief? How does a tribe work? You're not married into a tribe. You, it's no monarchy in a tribe. You don't, it's not. You, the, the, the chief's son don't become the next chief. You're elected. You're voted in. Democracy was here before white people got here. Yeah, and basically what they did, oh, I got you now. Mm. Like, it's right here. In, but you know what? That's why I ask people, do we have, but we don't talk to each other because we are always taught, well, these people are savages. These people are monsters. These people are gangsters. These people are thugs. So they build that fear for us not what what the uh, uh, Dr. King say mm-hmm. that hate that fear. So I'm scared of you. I don't understand you. So I gotta hate you because some of you weird. So I gotta shame what you believe in, what you come from. But you know, if I get to know you and feel you, hmm, somebody's trying to divide us. And once they divide us, what happens? We're conquered. They did that to the own, like, man, it was it was Indian tribes fighting different Indian tribes. That one was talking about, we don't talk to these tribes of natives because of how they treat us, <laughs> you know, how what they did to us in our history, how they stabbed the back of other natives, you know? And I'm like, I never knew that. Yeah, and also, I, and I, I knew this, but I really didn't confirm it when I got older was, there were in Africa, there were other slaves rounding up there were a slave, there were people rounding up the slaves. I'm like, wow. They were paying people to round up the slaves. And but the thing is, it was it wasn't a type of slavery that they was in. You know, with every person with most wars, you had people to 
have a war with one another and you became an, a servant until a certain amount. It was no type of, I don't, it was no idea the type of abuse they were about to go on through. They don't think they understood the type of the, the not even servitude, the amount of hell that was going to put these people in. And not only that, the ones that were selling them, they put, they got their ass too. Damn. Divide and conquer once again. But, and once again, the best thing you can have is unity. When you lock arms and you come together and know, you know, have that shifting and it's always going to be weak links, you know, but you got to know how to handle the weak links. You got to put them on the end, but you can't have that weak link that's pulling the two strong people together. Exactly. And yeah. And once again, this is something, everything is on. They, they, it's something understood by certain leaders and things. That's why I talked about the previous president. Like he was a big person of divide and conquer. Make sure, build hate, build fear, build, and people are, you know, a lot of, like, the regular mindset of a human being, they work on the id or they just basic ego, and they hear something that may scare them, and they just go shut down instead of doing any research. Once again, they say it's Black people. It's not just Black people. It's everybody. Some, it's going to be ignorant people. It's no... It's, it is it is no race, it's no ethnicity, it's no culture of people that you ain't gonna have some ignorant folks in it that don't want to learn. But the ones that want to make that change and want to be a leader in their community and want to make like because I, I won't say I still fight for mine, but if we can have a conversation, be peaceful, let's do that. That's real. That's definitely real. We that's what we gotta have going into 2022. We gotta have these conversations and you know what I'm saying? And also, we got to put some actions behind I, these I was just about to say that. Let's follow with action. Yeah, we got to follow the actions, too, because a lot of people, we can talk the talk, but sometimes we got to get down, we got to get our hands dirty and walk the walk, and, you know, that's what should happen when you want to get your hands dirty. Yeah. And, and once again, everybody, everybody don't want to get their hands dirty, Bush. What are you doing to lead? Are you feeding somebody? Are you, do you know how to heal people once they, they feet sore? Do you know how to, you know, massage? Do you know how to direct? What do you know how to do? What's your strength? Hello. You know, what's your calling? So there it was again, 2022, when I say for our culture, what's your calling that was important? What are you putting back into the culture? Instead of what the culture is doing for you, what are you doing for it? Let's start thinking like that. That's when really everybody cool. had that mindset, what can I put into it rather than what am I getting out of it? I think would be successful and pay attention to the ones that are not doing nothing for it as well. I'm not saying, cause once again, as being a true leader, not a revolutionary, but a leader, I want to make sure a continuous impact in what we're doing. That's real. That's definitely real. We did definitely help some key points, some key facts, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, we definitely got to work to improve these things. And also, got to work in within ourselves too because sometimes yeah. so many times people will try to you know try to lead but i'm like how can you lead when you got shit going on in your own life man because but everybody will have shit going on in their own life it's that's just, true but you know, you're not addressing it though yeah exactly how you addressing it how you addressing it like i'm on tiktok now that's where i got a pretty large following at and i can make a simple you know people i can make a video asking a question People are going to hear what they want to hear and they're going to see what they want to see because they're dealing with something there within their own personal life. I asked a question about, I made a statement about when I worked at CPS and I said one of the frustrating things that I saw 
that I wish parents would do more of, and where that caseworkers pay attention to, and I don't think parents understood, is that when you come to a CPS visit to visit your children, you may come, like when I was doing it, it was like, you get to see your kids two times a month, once every other week, okay? When you came out and visited your kids, I had some parents that wouldn't bring nothing. They wouldn't have any food. They wouldn't have any toys. <clears throat> they wouldn't have a diaper bag or nothing. And that's one thing. But I had some parents that would have the, the audacity, in my opinion, to like, y'all didn't bring nothing for us. Y'all don't have a bag. Y'all don't have any food. Y'all just want us to sit in here. And I'm like, man, these are your children. It's not that we, we got plenty for them when they done, but you want us to feed you too. That's crazy. Because the main purpose of this, if you read the paperwork and what we read to you, which you wasn't paying attention to, this is for us to see how you parent your children. It's a supervised visitation. You feel mm -hmm. me? But then I put, and I said that, you know, and you had one side that you had the middle that like understood they're like, okay, I see, and people don't know, how can we make things better? How can we make things better? You had another side that was like, oh my God, these people are horrible, they're stupid, you know, they're selfish, the case may be. The selfish part, I would agree they're selfish, but why are they selfish and how we can make it better? But it was kind of like, you shouldn't even give them back. Why do you even think about giving these kids back? Okay, then you have the other side, which is like, y'all should take care of the children because the kids are in y'all custody right here. Y'all should do this. And when the parents are there, you got to understand they're impoverished. You know, you have all, you had these different sides of people. And those two extreme sides, y'all need to come a little bit closer so we can have an understanding. Because we're not here to take care of adults. And when we, and that's a question I was at, when do you become an adult? When do you get to the point where you need to take care of yourself? And, and I believe when you start having children, you know, you should be there. And like, I'm not saying we're, we're, I'm big on reunification. That's what I said at the beginning. But it was so much going back and forth in that the chat, the, the comments. People started making their own arguments. People like, well, if I bring a jacket, it, it, it was the wildest. I'm like, how did you mean? How did you reach that far to get this? <laughs> you know, but people have other things going on personally, and they're going to project on the other things as well. But and that's, I'm telling you, this is not just a black conversation. These are white people going at each other in my comments, you know, and I just step back and let it happen. <laughs> and sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you got to do that. It's like, you know, it's funny. It's like, I see that. It's like the ones trying to colonize everybody to try to paint the picture like we the problem. It's you motherfuckers are the ones that are using these benefits and using these welfare services more than us. Statistically, yes. Yes, yeah, statistically. So and we, we talk about it before we they brought up the welfare queen when it was a black woman and i always say i don't know which came first that stereotype or the actual behavior because i think that behavior created people to be like that like me and my pot and my previous co my pre yeah my previous co-host we will go back and forth what what came first is it does art imitate life or life imitate art I say this the latter, but I've seen the former as well quite often. Is rap music is why people are so violent, or is people committing violence is why rap music is so violent? Well, you know, it, it go. I think once again, and I I go back because <clears throat> I think it's the latter, is because you got you had people killing each other before rap music. 
Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean? You have rock and roll music talking about killing people left and right. Shakespeare, it was a death in almost every single Shakespeare play. Mm-hmm. And that's art. You had wars before. There's a lot of songs that, you know, you can talk about the 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 American, what's, what's the song? I can't even think of it. That was a war song. Come on, man. But mm-hmm. rap music does, but you do have people that hear a song and want to be a certain person be, behind that song. Yep, that's so true. But they quit depending on rap music, but it's all music if you think about it. Yeah. But people are, again, people are easily persuaded that's one i think i can say people are easily persuaded i've seen it happen people hear a song people hear a rhythm and that's what they feel like you know so-and-so did it and i want to do it uh, i we last year oh my was that last year or this year i think it was last year with the chick that was twerking at the restaurant in dallas texas on the table or on the couch mm-hmm. or whatever i can't remember and I, a lot of things i saw my people say oh y'all shouldn't be playing that music y'all shouldn't be playing that music so if I hear some, uh, if I hear "Nuck If You Buck" and I'm at work, I gotta steal off on somebody. That's what you're telling me. As that's that's that that argument does sound dumb when you think about it. It does, <laughs> but that was a strong argument people made, though. Strong argument. Well, you should change the type of music, and I'm like, we we we're not. But I have to understand, everybody's not at that emotional maturity that we're at. And that's one thing I learned, and that's one thing, and that's why I stopped having arguments on social media because I learned that. Not everybody is in an emotional place to receive what I got to say because I'm going to keep it real and based on my life, you know, but people will still find a way to belittle you about that. So that's why I learned to just pull back and vent on the podcast. Yeah, you, when you have your own platform, they can, you, you, you can come on my show if you want to, but it's my show, it's my, it's my space, you know. But I want to say I allow people, but, and once again, I'm also a mediator. That's other thing, so... I understand when you, when you have to manage and communicate with someone else. I, I actually do. And some people, it's not even their own best interest with the stuff they be saying. So it it's really an opportunity to talk to them. And you'll be surprised that once they hear themselves actually talk and speak, they're kind of like, what the hell I was talking about? <laughs> then you also have some that's just, they're going to be cuckoo for coconuts either way. So we're going to have that as well. That's real. That's real. Hey, man, you got a great platform. You got a great show. But tell the people in your own words, why do people need to subscribe and tap in with you with the Everything Culture Podcast? Man, for growth, education, a good time. Um, get to know you. Get to know us. That's my main thing. So you, that's why I say you should do it. Like, honestly, if you want to have a, a podcast with a purpose, um, a podcast for all cultures, we're there. You know, we're, we're, we're one, I don't know how many, but I know we are one. So you can check us out on Spotify. You can check us on Apple Podcast. You can listen. You can find us anywhere you type in everything culture. You know, you can go to our website at www.everythingculture. Merchandise will be dropping soon. Season four will be dropping in January. You know, I got Victor will be on there as well. So it's so much to come. And if you like to participate and be on the show, go to our website and subscribe. Not only subscribe, but it's a contact form, internet contact form, and we'd love to have you. If you follow us on IG, you're going to be educated with different posts. I'm going to make you laugh about a few things, too. But it's mainly we want to educate people, and we want to have growth through conversations. So we'd love to have you. And, yeah, I let us. 
That's so real. I appreciate you for coming on for the birthday episode, man. It was a, it was time. It was fine time for us to come together on Look It's All because I done came to plenty of everything culture, so it's time to have you on. So I definitely appreciate it, and I look forward to coming back on with you again, man. Oh, man. Thank you, and happy birthday again. You make your day the best day you can make it. You relax. You eat well. You know, call, call I would say do this. Call somebody you ain't talked to in a while and like, hey, you know what date is? It puts that pressure on them. It just didn't say, man, you know, that's how I, I think I want to, but I'm one of those guys that I contact in my phone forever. And, you know, I, I believe relationships are like seasons. They come and they go, but when they come back around, you still can enjoy them, you know? That's real. That's real. That's real. You know what I'm saying? That's definitely real. I feel you on that. But um, thank you, the listeners. Thank you for subscribing. Everybody tapping with Look at Talk. Remember, the more you drink, the better we sound. Until next time, if anybody needs me on the podcast, I might be in Florida, but I'm just one DM away. So just highlight me and let's make it happen. We're taking up for the 21 and the 22. And until next time, pour it up and keep it moving. Deuces, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Look at Talk. We out, y'all.